Welcome to Post Game with Paul Golden, a sports and faith podcast. I'm your host, Tim Donnelly. Thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is John Zeller, Executive Director of SCORE International. John will share his experiences as a high school and college coach and sports ministry pastor. He'll share how he leverages the universal language of sports for outreach and discipleship. You'll especially enjoy John's story about New York Yankees legendary relief pitcher, Mariano Rivera. And now here's today's post game with Paul Golden podcast. Well, I'm here with John Zeller, executive director of Score International, joining us from uh, the Tampa, Florida area. John, welcome to post game with Paul Golden. Man, it's great to be here with you, Paul, and uh, always enjoy time we can spend together. Now, despite your Southern drawl, you have Pennsylvania roots. Tell us a little bit about your your background as a family and uh, your coming to faith. Yeah, I was born uh, in Effort of Pennsylvania, so right smack dab in the Amish country. Raised in a little town called Newmanstown, outside of uh, probably the next biggest town would be Myerstown, which is then right next to Lebanon. So was raised there, grew up there till I was 13. Well, I had a great childhood, four older brothers. I really loved my time. I, I take my boys back there where I was raised, but then moved to uh, Alexandria, Virginia when I was in the seventh grade. That's where I picked up my Southern drawl because you can't talk like an Amish kid, like in, a, in an Amish area where they have that Pennsylvania Dutch kind of slang or whatever it is, but you couldn't talk like that. And uh, so I moved to Alexandria, Virginia, went to really live the movie. Remember the Titans. If you remember that, those that might everybody seen that movie probably. But I lived that movie because the high school I went to and the middle school I went to, that's where all the kids got shipped out of uh, being all black, where they segregated those Afro-American middle school, uh, high school and T.C. Williams opens up. So I lived that movie. I was the first white kid to ever play at this football team and that was the opposite guy and uh wow they really uh it was it was quite a different story that way but uh it was quite an experience for uh, a rural kid to go into that big city went from there to southern ohio then kind of flipped it again all white you know very little marginal afro-american that was all during that racial unrest time in the united states from 66 to 71. That, that, those were hard days, uh, Paul. But anyway, moved there, then went to a little Christian university called Tennessee Temple University. And there I got impounded again with that Southern drawl. I guess it just grew on me from there. That's great. At, at some point in your career, you, you ran into coaching. Was that, was that always a passion or what was your affinity to sports? That started in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, I played freshman basketball at this school and so impacted by a coach, Mike Graffio. I remember that name like yesterday. And he's the one that kind of really impacted me to where, hey, I want to be a coach. I liked him. I thought he was cool. But but the other thing, I just saw him, man. He just was what I wanted to do. I can remember he used to sit me down at the bench sometimes, and and I wasn't a starter uh, in basketball, but I got to play. And he would tell me why things were done and how things ought to be done. And he was just a he was a just a very influential man for one year of my life. But he impacted me to the point where I wanted to get into coaching. 
Tell us a little bit about your kind of your career path as far as coaching. I know you've been all around the country. Just give us an overview of that. Yeah, I started, I got down to Tennessee Temple uh, University where I majored in PE and I tell everybody that's because I made 17 on my ACT. You got to major in physical education, <laughs> but uh, graduated there. I actually played college soccer in college baseball, which you could never do today, but back then you could. Ran into a guy named Ron Bishop. I know we'll talk about that later here in a minute, but influenced me as well. Got out of Temple, took my first high school job at a Christian school. I wanted to teach and coach in Christian schools. I felt led to do that. Went to Charlotte, North Carolina, to a place called Northside Christian, a pretty big Christian school, had like 1,200, 1,300 kids. Left there and went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I went back to Tennessee Temple and coached college baseball there, 81 through 85. And then from there, went out to the Masters College, John MacArthur School, uh, 85 through 88, and um, then went back into high school because, to be honest with you, Paul, I was missing my kids. I was I had seven years of college baseball. I loved it. I wanted to be a college baseball coach, but I, I knew I was missing my family. And for me, I don't say that for anybody else other than for me and my wife. We decided, uh, hey, we're going to go back and, and coach. So I went back to Charlotte. Then from there, went to Tampa, Florida, coached there at a Christian school. And then I actually coached five years in a public in public schools. And that was kind of a, how I ended my career coaching. But it's been a been a really good run from there. Got into church recreation and now uh, with score. You transitioned from the, the coaching realm, high school, college to kind of a church ministry using sports as outreach. And I know uh, Idlewild Baptist Church down there in Tampa you were on staff there. Tell us about how that that time there at the church under Pastor Ken Witten helped kind of solidify your calling to sports ministry. Yeah, it did. It, and actually, when I was coaching at the Master's College, it's where I was really first introduced to um, recreation sports ministry, because at Grace Church, Grace Community Church there, where John MacArthur's pastored forever, still is pastoring, they had a huge recreation ministry. And um, that's where I first got introduced to it, to where you could use sports as a platform. And then when I got out of coaching there, uh, Ken Witten came to me and said, hey, how about help us get start this recreation ministry? So when I went from college back to high school, then in Charlotte, back to Charlotte, that's where I helped uh, elevate, start a church recreation ministry. And then Temple Heights, Tampa did that. And then Ken said, uh, Pastor Witten once said, hey, we want to start a recreation ministry. Would you help us get it started? And we did and um, had a great time. And being in the Tampa area, Paul, as you know, you have a lot of a lot of kids. I mean, man, I can remember, uh, gosh, uh, Lance McCullers kids, Fred McGriff's kids, uh, Tony Dungy's kids, Vinny Testaverde's kids. I mean, I could name Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden. Had a lot of kids, players' kids, got involved with us. And uh, I tell a little funny story because Fred McGriff and Tony were about the same way. They try to dress incognito. <laughs> they come to these little gyms and little fields. Vinny Testaverde would stand way out in center field <laughs> watching his girl playing softball I mean, by this tree. And I remember it took me a couple of weeks to figure out who is this guy. He constantly stands out there. I find out it was Vinny Testaverde. And, oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Fred McGriff would wear sunglasses and a hat pulled down, way down. 
And he'd walk in the gym. Of course, Fred McGriff's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I mean, come on, man. You can't hide that. And uh, Tony Dungy would bring a newspaper and, and like look like he'd be reading a newspaper, but he'd be watching his kids because he just wanted to, you know, people would just, it, and I understood it. I mean, they just inundate him, you know, if they saw him, you know, but that was fun. But that's how we got started with church recreation and, and really saw then how you could impact kids. And it was recreation, straight up recreation, but the parents loved it, loved it. Man, we started that thing from scratch. When I left, we had 1,200 kids playing soccer and baseball and just had a lot of kids and it just played for fun. You know, it was straight up recreation. It wasn't the AAU, wasn't, you know, wasn't Little League World Series, wasn't any of that. In fact, we had a policy. We didn't keep score. Now, everybody knew the score, but we just didn't post the score. We didn't announce who the champion was and all that. You know, it was a lot of people said, that's not going to work, John. And I said, well, people vote with their feet. And 1,200 kids were playing when I left from zero in 10 years. So something went right. I don't know what it was. Probably wasn't me, I'm sure, but it was the hand of God that that brought it. And that's for sure. And then you transitioned from that that successful, I think, sports ministry and outreach there in Tampa to the role you're in now as executive director of Score International. What is Score International? Maybe give us a little bit of history and and what what is Score doing now in the world of sports? When I got to Tennessee Temple in 1971, uh, my freshman. Actually, it was my freshman soccer coach as well as my baseball coach. But I went there to play baseball, and I just decided, hey, I'm going to play soccer. But I ran into this guy named Ron Bishop. And Ron was a good athlete of himself and, uh, and a good coach. And he impacted me so much that he gave me my first college job in 81. And that's where we, in 84, we started Score International. He asked me to come alongside and uh, at that point, I was strictly just on the board of directors, helped sign the paperwork. And what that was, was the uh, mission was to engage people in short-term ministry. At that time, there was a guy, a coach out of Cedarville University, was probably the one guy that was doing it, uh, the basketball, old basketball coach at Cedarville. Yeah, Don Callen, I believe. Don Callen is right. And he was probably the most well-known guy doing it. But Ron, Ron was very popular, very well-known himself. And he wanted to, he felt God was leading him to do that. So we kicked that out. Legally, he kicked it out in 84, but took the first trip in 85 and taking basketball teams. Back then, we took basketball teams, I mean, very well, P.J. Brown, uh, Robert Horry. I mean, we took like 13 guys that would go on to play. They were in college when we took them. but go on to play in the NBA. And and we would go into uh, Mexico, Argentina, places like that, and just, you know, use basketball as a form and a uh, platform to share go- the gospel. And so I got involved with that and been involved with that. And then in uh, 2007, joined it full-time. And uh, then 2011 became the executive director. And you started out basically running short-term basketball mission trips, but it's so much more than that now. Tell us about the sports aspect of SCORE, but also all the other outreaches and avenues of ministry. Ron Bishop used to say this. I don't know if it's his quote or not, but there's two languages in the world that are spoken universally. That is music and sports. If you take music and sports, you can about go anywhere, do anything, and people welcome that. So that was our mission to engage people. Well, we started going 
zeroing in in the Caribbean and Central America, and then we were zeroed in even more in uh, Dominica Republic and Costa Rica. And uh, we started putting flags in the sand there. You know, you're leading all these people to Christ, but you got to do much, much more with them. You just can't get on a plane after a week and say, see y'all later. So then that led us to go into, uh, to become more of a full sending mission organization with uh, missionaries on the ground, church planters, uh, medical dental clinic, pastoral training, orphanage work, getting orphanages and getting them up and running and then turning them back over to the to the nationals. But we were doing all kinds of things and still do today water treatment because uh, pure water is, especially in the Dominican Republic, it's number one need. I don't care where, you, where they're at, they got to have clean water. And so we started putting in water houses and even today, uh, it's it's really expanded to, wow, we even have a technical school now teaching men and women technical skills. We have a, we got involved in human trafficking and got so involved in that. And so uh, it's been, uh, it's been quite the, to see it from 85 when our first trip went to today has been quite interesting. We're still doing sports, but actually sports is only about 15% of our total travel of taking people. We do a lot more with church groups, uh, youth groups, and and then we got involved in domestic, coming back to America. We do a lot of work in uh, eastern Kentucky, uh, West Virginia, and the western part of Virginia. We do a lot of work in East St. Louis, Baltimore, uh, New Orleans, San Diego. We work a lot with the Dream Centers. Uh, we just opened up ministries in what's called Nogales, Mexico, just on the other side of the border from Phoenix. So we're doing... Um, Doing a lot of different things. God's just really blessed the ministry in a, in a mighty way. We're talking with John Zeller, uh, Executive Director of SCORE International, and uh, you're listening to Post Game with Paul Golden. Uh, I first became introduced to uh, SCORE on a mission trip. Uh, Dr. Wendell Kempton invited me to go on a, your November baseball trip. I first went in 2007, and I think I've been back five or six times since. Tell us about that week in November every year. Yeah, we started that with about uh, 20 guys went down there. Never forget that. Nardi Contreras, Andy Phillips, Andy Beal, Keith Madison from the university. He was still at the University of Kentucky. Jim Wells, who was at coaching at the University of Alabama. And uh, we went down there. We uh, did baseball clinics. You know, there's, again, there's two ways you could do a lot in the Dominican Republic, music and sports, and they'll come out. We did baseball, so we went down there for uh, four days. Uh, Monday through a Thursday, we'll do clinics in the morning, do ministry in the afternoon, and then uh, just have a time of teaching and preaching at night and fellowship and just blossom all the way up to where, you know, we we couldn't do it last year because of the pandemic. We are going to do it again this year in 2021, November 7th through 11th. Now it's it's calmed down. We've had as as many as 200 guys go, but it's kind of calmed down to about 140, 130 guys, but it's great time. All coaches of all levels and um, athletes and families, and it's a great trip for coaches to bring their families, but we do the same thing. We do clinics in the morning, have lunch, and then buses roll out and do ministry in the afternoon, and then we come together at night. And you talk about in the morning clinics, unless you've been to the Dominican, it's hard to imagine baseball is the sport 
on that uh, island nation and hundreds and hundreds of kids come out for those clinics. And it's a great opportunity to teach them uh, the great sport of baseball. But what do you do at the end of the clinics? Maybe share about that. Paul, they come with no shoes. Uh, some of the little ones come with the only underwear on. That's uh, We've seen that time and time again. No gloves. Most of them don't have gloves in these villages, but they come and uh, we teach them baseball for about an hour and a half, two hours. They're no different than anybody else. After you've been in that sun for about two hours, you got to take a break. But we uh, stop at the end of the clinic uh, and uh, bring them all together and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And because of the platform and the relationships, even in that small time that we have them, uh, those kids will listen. They will listen. You know, it's their, it's their biggest need. And baseball's huge. You know, you'll see this T-shirt in the Dominican Republic. Basketball's our game. Baseball's our life. You know, they love basketball. There's four Dominicans in the NBA right now. You know, they love basketball, but boy, baseball is their life. And a, and a boy in the Dominican Republic, when you have a son born, that's a baseball player. And he's going to not go to school or he's not going to get an education. He doesn't care about an education. Because if he signs that pro contract, as you know, Paul, you've been there and you've seen it yourself, but he, he gets to feed his whole family and they live off that. And uh, if he gets into one of those academies and makes that kind of money, they pay him, even though it would seem very, very minimal to us, it's enough to feed his whole family. And the bad day for a Dominican baseball player, pro player, is when they have to tell him he can't, he can't play anymore because he knows that affects his family again. The neat thing about the trips, you've attracted, like you said, coaches and college ball players, high school players, really anyone can go. But um, you've had several major league players that have been on the trip and been able to share their testimonies in the, in those clinics. Maybe share with us some of the guys, the, some of the players that you've had on the trip. We've had quite a few. You know, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera, Andy Bennis. Uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, Robinson Cano's been there. Fonzo Soriano has been a part of it. Ian Kennedy. Yeah, we've had many, many athletes. Uh, Lou Pinella, Brett Butler. And it's such a great time to bring uh, coaches and college coaches from University of Louisville, um, Dan McDonald. Just a great time for, for people to minister using that game of baseball and then going into ministry where they get to serve. Right. And it's a great time. You also, that's, we're just talking about one week, but you've had uh, college teams, whether they're small NAIA or division three schools up to division one powerhouses, bring their baseball teams, softball teams down there. It's been said of coaches that a coach will impact more people in one year than the average person will in an entire lifetime. Why do you put so much time in impacting coaches? Well, because coaches reach so many kids. And, and I will tell you this, the impact that coaches have, not on kids when they coach them, uh, the impact they have on them after they're coaching. Uh, I tell you, one of the greatest things I ever did as a coach, and I wish now looking back, I wish I'd have done it sooner Paul was getting licensed in the gospel ministry because I've done so many weddings of players. I've done uh, funerals of their family, sad to say. I've done baby dedications, baptisms of, uh, of players, and it, and it carries on. And, and even to this day, I'm at the present time right now helping one of my former players get a uh, church recreation job. You know, I mean, just 
you just love that stuff. And, uh, you know, I've reached out to them or they've reached out to me when they've had some serious problems. I'm, I'm discipling a couple of guys right now that, you know, got some really serious problems and, but they reached out to their old coach, you know, and said, coach, can you help me? You know, when you're coaching, you know, you're with those kids so much on the field, off the field, road trips, weeks away with them, you know, spring, spring break trips. And you just spend so much time uh, and you get to talk to all of them and, and impact their lives. And um, they become like your own kids and it's a family. And so coaching is the one area that I see even now today where you can really discipline a kid. Because I, I used to tell my kids all the time, don't forget, I'm the guy that fills out the lineup card. You can fight me, argue with me all you want to. But remember, I got the pencil and your name's either going to be down or it's not going to be down. So <laughs> you got you got some authority and you use it in a positive way to influence it. If someone wants more information on SCORE International, what what's the web address, the website for your ministry? Yeah, it's just uh, www.scoreintl, S-C-O-R-E-I-N-T-L dot org, and that'll take you to it. And uh, you can you can look under trips in our website and you can scale it down. Uh, I'm looking for high school kids to go right now, the second week of August uh, or this coming August. And, you know, sign up. You can get signed up and, and be a part. You know, I, I think, you know, the Great Commission is given to all of us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, God tells us to go into all the world. We're to, we're to be missionaries as believers in Christ. We're to be missionaries in our own town, our own area, in our own region, uh, our own, you know, state or whatever, and then to the world. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, you can say, well, I don't do that. I don't do international. I'm not a part. You don't have to argue with me. You don't have to argue with God. And he's he's the one that told us to go and make disciples into all the world. Uh, now, all the world, uh, I know I was a PE major, but all the world is all the world. <laughs> go internationally, domestically. We're to be a part of that. And the other thing is, uh, when you sign up to go with us, one of the things SCORE does, we arrange all the ministry. We get everything set up. We take you from the time you get on that airplane till the time you get back off that airplane back in your home area, town city, we take care of it. You don't have to worry about, well, what am I going to do today? I don't know what to do. We got all that arranged and uh, we make it very, very easy and as comfortable as we can. As much as I like baseball and enjoy doing the clinics and hearing the gospel shared, for me, the highlight of the November baseball trip is the afternoon activities, feeding a village, going to the boys and girls orphanages, seeing the water treatment. To me, that, that's really been uh, an encouragement to see, you know, what you guys are doing there, not just with sports and baseball, but with so many other things. The November, uh, November baseball trip, as you said, is November 7th through 11th, uh, 2021. You can go to the SCORE website for more uh, information. Hey, John, you, you're down there in the Tampa area. Obviously, there's uh, the Grapefruit League, and a lot of teams have their minor league complexes there. What's your role? I know you do some stuff with the minor league players. Maybe share some uh, stories of success that you've had in discipling some of those guys. You know, of course, being involved with Baseball Chapel and, and being involved with doing that, I've been part of Baseball Chapel 25 years, and and uh, it's coming to an end because, uh, you know, you just got to turn it over. 
what a wonderful opportunity I've had to meet some very, very good men. I'll share a few stories. Andy Phillips, uh, I met him through uh, Baseball Chapel, came out of the University of Alabama two times in the College World Series. Just a godly young man. Seen him just grow not only as a baseball player to the big leagues, but he has a beautiful voice, using that voice to sing and to uh, just to walk with God, now leading his family. You love to see that, guys, when they grow, because a lot of guys have trouble when baseball is over with. They don't know what they're going to do. But when you see a guy like an Andy Phillips, and then he had an impact on a guy named Sam Marcinic. Sam Marcinic, Andy got Sam to go down on a November baseball trip. Sam was a number one pick to the Texas Rangers five years later uh, through some just uh, bad decisions and habits and other things. He ends up with the Yankees and he's still struggling with some uh, alcohol and drugs. And, and because he couldn't handle defeat, he didn't know how to handle setbacks. He goes on this trip and about the third night in that November baseball trip, Sam gave his heart to Christ. Now, he elevates uh, to where he is leading a ministry called Baseball Country in Alabama, where he has camps to bring kids in. And he does both baseball and outdoor activities and leads many, many people to Jesus Christ at Baseball Country in Gina, Alabama. And um, it's just a great story. And there's a story of a guy, Andy, who took this guy on a trip. Uh, I could tell you about a guy named Rob Lyerly who came out of UNC Charlotte and could, boy, was a good little ball player. But after two torn labrums, he uh, surgeries, he just couldn't play. But he knew that God had put in his heart a desire. So he goes back to college first to get his undergraduate. And then he feels the call of uh, God on his life to go to seminary. So he goes straight into seminary. Then he goes and gets his doctorate degree, of which, Paul, you know, that's not just a little bike ride in the park. He gets that, and now he's uh, pastoring, and I mean, it's just a phenomenal story. And I remember uh, just having him in Bible study and, cha- and you know, doing chapel, but just having him in Bible study. I'll tell a little story about Rob that's really a cool story. You talk about baseball chapel and ministry. They used to have these, uh, even at the minor league park here in Tampa, they had the, one of these faith and family days. And so... They did it on a Sunday afternoon, and I don't know why they did it on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, it's about 100 and feels like 120 inside that stadium. But there was a there was a crowd there, maybe about 200, and uh, Rob was going to give his testimony. Well, by the time the game's over, and then we start the faith and family, and Rob Lyerly walks out, uh, and he's the best player in Tampa, and he walks out. Uh, Paul, there probably weren't, I doubt if there were 20 people there. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this thing's a failure. I don't know what happened. The guy that put it together, he wanted me to lead it. And I'm going, holly, okay, we'll lead it. Well, anyway, so Rob gives his testimony, just like there's 200, 250 people there. And I gave the invitation. And I said, if you'd like to receive Christ, and even as I was giving the invitation, people were leaving, the, the 20. We were down to, seriously, we were down to probably about eight people. The next thing I know, and I thought, okay, I'm going to close it up. We'll just go home. There's these three guys, 18, 19, 20. They're all college baseball players, junior college players. They came walking down. They're right there by the Yankee dugout. And I said, hey, what are you guys doing? And they said, well, didn't you give an invitation 
if you said you wanted to receive Christ, you could come here, come down. I said, yeah. He said, well, we want to receive Christ. <laughs> How pitiful of me. Mm. And Rob Lyerly took those three guys. I have the picture in my phone. It will always be in my phone. Rob Lyerly took those three guys in the dugout, led them to Christ. And it was an amazing story. They were from out of town, just happened to be at a Tampa Yankee game, just happened to hear, stay for the message and hear Rob's testimony and came forward. And I was so stupid. I thought they were trying to get a bat or a glove from Rob or something, you know. No, they were there to receive Christ. So great, great story. So good. It's great to see, you know, God gives everyone different talents and passions and abilities and experiences and how God can use sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever it may be, and to use that to to share Christ and uh, to disciple men and and young ladies. So to me, sports and faith is a is a perfect combination. Uh, John, before we go, any any last comments or thoughts you want to share? Every one of us is gifted. You right, Paul, and all of us are gifted in different ways. And when we fit it together, we become the body of Christ. God's got a plan for you. You know, there was only one Billy Graham. There was only one John MacArthur. There's only one Ken Whitten. And, you know, I can't be him. And, and I can't be even my guy that I followed at score, Ron Bishop. I am me. And God gave me my gifts and my talents. But, well, when you, when you let God have it, First Chronicles 29, 11, and 12, it's by his hand. Wealth and honor come from me. When you let God have that, then God can do some amazing things. Paul, I would, I, I could tell story after story. God's allowed me to do so many things. I can remember this story and I'll share this real quick. So we're at that November baseball outreach and I was riding in the car with Mariano Rivera and, and he had a friend named Juan Pinot and we're riding outside this village. We're just leaving the village because you had to get him out because if you didn't, he, he wasn't going to get out. And we're riding out. And he sees an old lady walking, carrying two sacks. And we pulled over. There's nobody around. We pull over. And they, they're talking in Spanish. And she said, told Mariano, I have no food. And I'm trying to go to see if I can find some food to feed my family. We have none. And Mariano reached. And I know he gave every dollar he had in his pocket and gave it to that lady. And we drove, we prayed over and drove off. I'm going to tell you something. That could only happen by surrendering to God's will and letting God just, just take you where he, let him elevate you. Let him lead you. And God's going to let you do some amazing things. Amen. Hey, so good. Thank you, John Zeller, Score International. God bless. Thank you, Paul. God bless you. Take care. We trust you were encouraged today by the conversation with SCORE International's John Zeller. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd ask that you subscribe to the Post Game with Paul Golden podcast. This way you'll never miss an upcoming episode. Also, forward this podcast to that sports enthusiast you know and tell others about this unique sports and faith podcast. I'm your host, Tim Donnelly. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Post Game with Paul Golden Podcast.